Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Today, we're talking about how you can use adventure to have a meaningful impact on your family and loved ones. Here to talk about her new book, Into the Wild, Family Micro Adventures, is Claire Pinder. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Richard. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm excited. We've been having such great chats recently about just how adventure changes people's lives. And I think this is a great talk about how you can use adventure to connect with loved ones. Um, But before we get into that, I'm really interested about how you got into writing a book about this. You've written Into the Wild Family Micro Adventures, but your career is in startups and international companies. Uh, How did you pivot to write this book? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think um, my career, like many people, uh, is something that really just seemed to unravel. I sort of finished my studies in education uh, and headed off for a long stint traveling and then returned to the UK where I kicked off my career um, in these sort of fast-paced, large and small tech companies. And I really fell into kind of what I call those social norms of working hard, buying a house, having kids and so on. And I felt like I was thriving for quite a while, actually. I had this career where I was able to kind of continually learn and build new connections, which I loved. Um, And then my 40s approached and I found that this continuous nag was in my head, like some sort of disconnect with life. Um, And my career was starting to feel a bit more like a financial necessity than a lack of, and lack that kind of sense of purpose, I guess. Um, I was feeling like I wasn't really living life as my true authentic self. Um, My last role in in this kind of tech industry was in London. um, and And it came to a fairly abrupt end actually, when I felt really that limited connection with the company and what they were doing, their commercial goals and values. Um, And it was a point where I felt in some ways lost, but that moment, in fact, was, it was kind of like a huge opportunity, something that I hadn't foreseen. And it really gave me something I hadn't had for a long time. And that was um, having time to myself to really think and reflect. And I'm someone that doesn't really sit still for very long. So I poured my energy into drilling down into why I was feeling so detached from my life and my career. And I soon came to realize I'd really lost that alignment with my own personal values and interests and what what, what would need to find a way to kind of really reconnect with my passions and the things that give me energy in life. And so if I take you back for a moment to my childhood... Uh, the days before iPads and gaming devices, mobile phones, I spent most of my time actually in the outdoors with friends, exploring, um, live in an area with lots of woodland, so seeking out adventures in the woodland. Um, and my parents, they really instilled that kind of curiosity and passion for the outdoors from a very young age. We used to go on kind of family hiking trips in Wales and camping holidays, always exploring somewhere new. We weren't really the family to holiday in the same location every year and sit around the, the, the pool sunbathing. So I knew I had to use this time to really kindle my energy and, 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 get dis- and not get distracted by like those financial pressures. So I started by heading back to the Welsh mountains. Um, I went on an outdoor survival program for a weekend. 
um, kind of to test the theory. And interestingly, uh, what I've really found was my sense of purpose, I guess, through new experiences, connecting with others, and just having fun in the outdoors. Um, so I think when I returned home from that trip, I really reflected on how much I value the passion I have for adventure and exploring the natural world and that sense of purpose it gives me. But I think more importantly, the role I play in ensuring that I instill that passion into my own children's lives. And so writing this book wasn't really a methodically planned out idea I'd had for years. It was really just spontaneous. Um, and that's kind of one of my own personal guiding principles. If you get excited by something and it gives you energy, then just do it. So I did literally wake up one morning and decide I'm going to share my passion for the outdoors and help inspire others to live more adventurously. And I wanted to kind of highlight the health benefits of getting outdoors into, you know, out, out of this busy world and, and into the, in, into nature. And so, um, that's, that's how I landed writing this book, Richard. <laughs> Long answer, but hopefully it gives the context. It's funny. I, it, I, first off, I love when you said, if you get excited about something, you get energy, you do it. And uh, I've never thought about that, but that really has been like how I feel. And I think there's lots of people that are like that is, you know, you're willing to take a leap, do something that maybe, you know, you don't have knowledge in just because it seems really interesting. But when I think back to what you talked about, about having a lifestyle that wasn't, you know, wasn't satisfying I know so many people who are in a profession they don't like, doing a job they don't like, and but they've built a lifestyle where they bought the biggest home they could get a mortgage for, they uh, have flashy cars, and they've kind of committed themselves to this lifestyle. And um, those people are often really unhappy, I find. And, and um, it's so hard because, as you said, society kind of pushes us from university, get a job, oh, you're talented, you get promoted, you get more money. Oh, you, you know, you move closer to central London, you get a better flat and it's so hard to take the leap. And I'm really interested. Why do you think you took the leap? You know, it's really hard to give that up to stop doing that. Is it just something inherent in you or is this something other people can learn from to get out of these really tough situations? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think I'm not averse to risk. And I think there was that element of, I got this opportunity and that was, as I said before, that was time and I'm going to go and really explore. I think I, if, if I look at it now, it felt like I got to the end of a rope and I didn't actually have much choice but to explore it because it really felt flat, right? Life was feeling flat. It did feel all driven by kind of that financial focus. And so... It was that combination of being comfortable with taking risk and I kind of need to have to do it. That's what kind of drove me, I suppose, to to take that leap. <laughs> Again, I like I like the the life was feeling flat. You know, there, there's two ways you've expressed this that I've never heard those before, but but they really resonate with me. Um, let's move on to your book. You wrote a book uh, about family micro adventures and um, you know, I used to live in the UK. I'm really familiar with micro adventures. Al Humphreys kind of coined the term, wrote a book, and it was pervasive here in North America. I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention micro adventures. We have a big North American audience. Can you maybe share what a micro adventure is? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned the the name, the person that really inspired me, Alistair Humphreys. He's a 
a kind of British extreme adventurer and author of multiple books on this topic. And he really kind of grounded that concept of a micro adventure. Um, it, it really simply means like a mini outdoor experience that you can easily do. It's, it's usually done in your local area um, and it should be fun and it should be affordable. And it gives those participating a real kind of sense of excitement and adventure. And that really is all that is a micro adventure. Yeah. And I'm just going to give a plug for Al Humphreys and his books. Uh, he has written some great ones. His riding around the world. Uh, if it's, if you're listening to this on a cold January day, uh, go buy those books because you won't be able to put them down. Um, what I think is really cool about microventures is this idea is to take, you know, this, this idea of I've got to go and do something epic and take weeks or months and just distill it down to how do you bring it into your daily life? And I think that's really powerful. And you were a book focused on families. And so the next step down is, okay, micro adventures are good for us as humans. Why, why is it good for families? Yeah, it's a great one. I think, you know, going on a micro-adventure with your family, it's really about breaking away from routine. It's taking those little moments in time, um, giving everyone that freedom to go explore, be curious, um, find excitement in nature right on your front doorstep. Um, and I think most importantly for me, it gives time for families to to really connect and build those closer bonds together. Um you know, another thing for, for me that was important about this book is looking in terms of the kind of benefits for children and their developing brains in a young age. And those are really heavily influenced by experience. And if we can create a healthy attitude towards getting outdoors as parents or guardians or grandparents, we can really help to build positive foundations for a child's development. So, yeah, that was really the purpose around this. So, so I do a lot of micro adventures with my family. And I know it's right, but I don't know, you know, I know a little bit, you know, in, in, in intuitively, I know, okay, this is really good for the family, but I want to dig into some of the benefits and start with the physical benefits of doing micro adventures. And, you know, you've wrote a book. What do you see as the, the physical benefits of doing this with your family? Yeah, sure. I think, you know what, the physical benefits, I think, um, are mostly not ground-breaking realizations, you know, exercising our body, we know that's good for us, getting oxygen in our lungs, of course, you know, simple things like vitamin D that you get from the sun, which we know can boost our mood and it can improve your overall immune system. I, I think the more interesting findings from research studies on the topic around when children and adults spend time in the outdoors and in nature it really can have a positive impact on things like ability to focus um, and inattention um, and, and your con overall concentration span. And it can also, uh, it can actually help to then reduce kind of behavioral challenges and issues that, that children might have. Um, it's even, there's lots of proof to show that it can improve your memory and therefore improve academic performance. So a kind of win-win all around. I feel like there's also some mental health benefits. I know um, with my kids and my wife, just spending a weekend where phones don't work and there's no Nintendo Switch, we just really connect as a family. But I feel like there's more stuff that I don't realize. Uh, in your research, did you find more around the mental health? And maybe it's not even just the kids. Like I find as a as a parent, just having this time is just brings me so much joy, let alone having this great family relationship. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is what really shines through, in my opinion, the the kind of mental health benefits. I certainly know them for myself. Um, there's, again, huge studies on this topic that have shown that getting into nature more and having adventures uh, with others can help to reduce anxiety and, and, and boost self-esteem and, and gives people kind of like a sense of purpose and almost that balance that you need in life. Um, for me, personally, the past five years for, for myself and my boys has been fairly emotionally turbulent and we've had to find our way through some grief and loss. Um, and this has been something that, you know, most people will experience in their lifetime. And I've personally really managed to find emotional stability from being outdoors, that feeling of kind of, you know, escape um, and seeing the world around you and, and how calming that is. And um, literally at times it's helped me just to be able to breathe. So, yeah, I, I really truly believe in the kind of mental health benefits, if nothing else, from from these experiences. It's interesting you mentioned calming and that is, you know, just thinking, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of going to do something and actually just was feeling like, oh, I'm feeling super, super relaxed now. And uh, even talking with kids, I find when you're out backpacking, you know, you're together for 72 hours, you end up talking about things that you'd never talk about with your kids at home because you have these structured, let's talk at the dinner table, let's go for a walk for an hour around the community. Whereas when you're walking for eight or nine hours, eventually, you know, after you talk enough about Pokemon and uh, ninja swords and everything like that, you get these really incredible insights where you're, at least my children, they open up. And um, I think a lot of our discussions I would never have had as a parent if we weren't doing these micro adventures. And I never actually really thought about that until, you know, when you talked about grief and I could just imagine there's a lot of things kids don't know how to say. And as a parent, I don't, you know, I don't know how to say as well, where being outside and having all this time together, you can kind of ease into the, these really tough discussions. Yeah, absolutely. And it was an interesting time uh, for us as a family during sort of the COVID pandemic and, and having lockdowns over here. And that meant we spent huge amounts of our time just as a family, just walking around and going on kind of hikes um, and just time together to connect and yeah, I think it's um, quite humbling to get that time together to have those more personal conversations. Um, and it takes some pressure off um, when, when you're in the outdoors to, uh, yeah, really open up. I, I, I hadn't thought about COVID, but actually my next question, this is kind of a lead in. And I talked, I'm in a hiking club and one of the guys I was out hiking with, he was talking about how during COVID, um, his kids had moved home. They were all at university. They hadn't had time together as a family. And they just, like in Canada, they went out hiking every weekend. And they hadn't had that experience of getting to know their kids as adults. And he said, you know, COVID was terrible, but I never in any way would have had this relationship. I think they had a year. They moved back. They did school remotely. They didn't need to live. I think they're, you know, I don't know where their kids were going to school. But it was it was creating a relationship that is almost unheard of now as kids move away with, with his, his adult kids. And I'm wondering when I think of family microadventures, I think of younger kids and you know, this is how you do it with your young kids while they're still impressionable. But did you look at how to do family adventures and microadventures with older kids or even looking at how to do it with grandparents? And you know, it, it's not just, you know, 
parents with young kids, it could it could be almost any definition. It, and does it change? I think a micro adventure is for any age. It really is, and that and and that's both the adults and the children, right? Grandparents, guardians, parents, children of young ages, children, you know, teenagers too. I think the joy of the micro adventure is that everyone can kind of reap the benefits and have fun in in what you do. Um, it's really just establishing what type of micro adventure is going to suit. The, the, the group right and so you know um a, a family does not need to be distinguished as that kind of 2.4 children a mother and a father um families that's not my family and, and fam you know many other families aren't like that too um i think you you design it to suit who you are right and i think that's partly how i've written the book is here's some ideas and thoughts about things you can do, but adapt these and adjust them to suit you and your family and your needs. Um, that's the joy. The outdoors um, doesn't have an age limit. <laughs> There's so many ways to enjoy it. Yeah. And, and so let's get some examples of micro adventures because, you know, for some people, you know, again, I think of backpacking, but I'm sure there's like tons of stuff I've never even thought of because, you know, I'm just, you know, I haven't thought about this as you have. So, so what are some, for people that are thinking of, I want to do some microadventures, what are some options they could look at? Gosh, there's so many, but I think uh, maybe I can share a couple of examples of recent, uh, like, microadventures I've done with, with my boys. Um, my boys are sort of nine and 12. Um, and I often think some of the best adventures are the spontaneous ones, right? The things that aren't planned. Um, so if I think just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a Thursday evening, the boys had had school, um, we'd had dinner, it was dark outside, it was pouring with rain, um, and I felt like we were all sinking into the sofa, just kind of waiting for the day to end. Um, and somehow that kind of gave me that energy, I guess, to, to do something. Uh, so I got up, um, encouraged the boys off the sofa asked them to grab their torches and get their trainers on. And we went out on a night jog in the pouring rain. Um, the boys just, they didn't stop talking the whole way around. And, and it's just that moment we had, you know, time together, just us, just to chat and laugh and be at peace. Um, yeah, I think it, it doesn't take planning. It doesn't take lots of organization. You can just go on the spare of the moment. Um, maybe another one, one of my kind of, Favorite micro adventures uh, often do with a family, an extended family. Actually, is a is a simple scavenger hunt. Um, we did this recently. Uh, we were down at the coast and we um, put together a list of kind of natural items you'd find in your local area, and we kind of split up into two teams. Um, and then we went out uh, on search for those items, taking photos. So we had a a kind of challenge uh, element to it where we, we set a timer and a meeting place to all finish up. Um, and yeah, we just kind of added that kind of competitive edge to the, to the, to the adventure. Um, it was great fun. The kids loved it. Uh, the adults enjoyed it. Um, and for me, that beats going to a bowling alley or, or watching a film in the cinema. So yeah. I, I love that idea. I was just thinking... Uh, we go walking, there's a big natural park by our house that's, you know, enormous and just walking and talking is getting a bit boring. And I just thought, you know, take, you know, take an iPhone and you got to go get photos of a deer and an owl and a beaver and, you know, something else. And uh, the kids would go crazy. They would just be so happy to be running around. 
Um, and I could just imagine how how great that would be. And and so so with micro adventures, um, I hadn't thought as much about you know kind of the playfulness. But in your view, is that a big aspect of you know I, I kind of think of let's go hiking for a day, let's do an overnight backpack, let's go snowshoeing where we're kind of going out to the mountains and you know, for me, it actually is, okay, we got to get all the sandwiches made. We've got to make sure they all have all their gear. We've got a, you know, 90 minute drive each way. Um, the way you describe it, it's just a way more, it's a Sunday afternoon. Let's go do something fun and just, just think of, you know, just kind of be spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. I look, you can do it both ways and, and, and they, you know, there's huge value in, in, in the plans, you know, proper kind of challenging adventures and, uh, and then there's there's fun and excitement to be had and kind of curiosity that you can grow in just those unplanned adventures. So I think either works. Um, I certainly find for, for my kids to kind of motivate them and energize them. You know, they're like your usual kids. They'll sit there on their tech and they don't want to <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> um, and I'm pounding and pounding trying to get them going. But if I can add that kind of, oh, that sounds a bit fun. That sounds a bit exciting. That's when they get the trainers on and then they get going. So that's kind of what works for, for our family. Are there any other types of micro ventures? Again, you're just kind of, my brain is just firing here <laughs> with like trying to switch it up from, you know, I also feel like now hearing this, I'm in a bit of a rut. Are there other kind of great spontaneous micro adventures that are easy to do that don't require me to, my wife to wake up early and do a bunch of work that, <laughs> that has had great success? I don't know whether this one is, but it, it's one I love doing and, and it's just using the local area. So where I, I live in the south of the UK, uh, we've got the river really close by Um and what I love doing with the boys is I've got a paddle board and we just throw that in the boot and we head down to the river and, and I figured out a way to have myself, my two boys and my dog on the paddle board. <laughs> <laughs> At first it was a bit challenging, but we, we got the hang of it. Um, and it, that one is a bit sporadic and easy for us, right? We've, we've got the kit and so we just head up to the, to the river. It costs no money. And we're, we're, we're out, you know, we're enjoying the sunshine, we're seeing what's going on. Um, yeah, I, th I think, you know, that one really gets us kind of going. Um, and, it, and it works you know, at a beach, at a lake, at a river, different places, right? So I think, again, think about the tools and equipment, what, what you have as a family, maybe that's bikes, maybe that's scooters, you know, what can you use and just kind of get out there? Um, so yeah, that's definitely one of our family favorites. And, and as we were talking, I was thinking as well, um, my, my parents, like a lot of my friends' parents are aging, they're losing mobility, they're losing stamina. Can you, you know, have you thought about applying this to, you know, doing of doing things with, with elderly parents? You know, we do a lot of dinners at their house or our house, but it's for some reason it's very very different we used to go hiking and go to backcountry lodges it's really different and and as you were talking i was thinking is there a way to apply this or have you thought about how to apply this to elder elderly people who are probably similar to young children in terms of their ability to to recreate yeah it's a great question i think um yes in the if i if i think of some of the adventures i've i've put into the book some of them are they don't 
require that much kind of physical effort. In fact, some you can even bring into the home, right? So an example is um, one I actually did again quite recently with the boys where uh, we made a kind of fairy house. So we went into the garden and we collected some natural items um, and I've got one of those glue guns um, and it wasn't the nicest, sunniest of days and we brought it inside and two hours and even my 12-year-old was absolutely fascinated and asking you know, me where to stick this and what to do. And, and I think, uh, you know, if, the, if you have got those kind of grandparents that are aging and the more physical stuff would be more challenging, you can absolutely bring those types of kind of adventures to life indoors or in the garden closer to home. Um, so yeah, it doesn't always require hiking boots in a mountain. <laughs> you know, I, I, I throw this entire chat, Claire, I've just thought, there's just so much value in these ideas of how to bring people together and it's so hard to do it for longer periods but this is a way just to build relationships with loved ones just on a on a on a shorter more manageable term and um i almost look at your book as an investment in an improved family life we spend so much money on all these you know we send our kids to piano classes and language classes and you know mini universities and all these things and here for 25 dollars you can do all these fun things with your kids and build a relationship. It just, it seems so powerful. It must be really rewarding having having done all this uh, and then written the book. I think really for me, and again, it's something I mentioned in the book, it's, it's that notepad I had at the side of my bed with lots of ideas jotted down and it just having a tidy up and <laughs> putting it out there. So um, I'm just glad to be able to share it and hopefully um, it, it might ignite passion and, and, you know, inspire others to go, you know what, we don't need to go down the bowling alley. Let's just go outside our front door. <laughs> and also in today's times, you know, everything is going up in price. I know we tried to go Bluey. bowling and it was, uh, yeah. I think it was like $90 for yeah. an hour, which is like, you know, 50 pounds to go bowling. And I was just thinking, this is what's going on. And for most micro adventures, all you need is time and an idea. There's almost no cost usually. Absolutely. Yeah. So Claire, if people want to find your book or they yep. want to find you, how can they find you? So the book is available um, on Amazon. Um, so there is a paper copy um, or an ebook, um, and that should be available um, across almost all countries. So um, that's the place to go. Uh, yeah. If you'd like to grab a copy of the book. Excellent. I'll put a link in the show notes and I want to say thanks for coming on and sharing this uh, you've definitely inspired me. I have some ideas. We're recording this just before Christmas, so I have some fun ideas uh, to maybe replace going to the mountains and just going someplace a little bit closer. And uh, yeah, that treasure hunt idea is uh, is just burning a hole in my brain right now. So thanks for sharing all your expertise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been brilliant. Excellent. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the 10 Adventures podcast. We'll be back next week to explore the world and hear about more epic adventures. Listen to other episodes of the 10 Adventures podcast on Amazon Music at amazon.com slash 10 adventures.